your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Thomas Welch. And I'm Josh Hyman. We got a fun episode for you today. NHL hockey season starts tomorrow, Josh, at the time of this recording. Uh, the Blues start a little bit later, but there's a lot going on right now. The real deal, James Neal signed a deal with the St. Louis Blues for $750,000. Jake Neighbors is a member of the St. Louis Blues and will be in the lineup opening night. So we're going to talk all about that and a lot about uh, the outlook for this season. We're also going to give our entirely too soon predictions for Stanley Cup champion and the Hart Trophy. Uh, so without further ado, let's get into it. We've talked a little bit about it in episodes prior, Josh, but in uh, what you've seen from James Neal and what you know about James Neal, uh, what do you think he brings to the St. Louis Blues now being solidified as a member? Uh, kind of, it's the talk about him has been that he's dove right into the culture, uh, fit right in. He's a veteran, so yeah, like Pat, Pat Maroon comparisons. I forget. Yeah, Pat Maroon comparison. Those are big skates to fill, uh, and that was Robert Bertuzzo said. They're not the exact same type of person, but they bring the same liveliness to the club. And I, like we talked about, the identity uh, was something big that we touched on last season and going into this season. That could be a big part of it. So, what do you think are uh, some viable expectations for James Neal going into this season and being a member? Of the St. Louis Blues. That's kind of weird to say. James Neal, St. Louis Blue. Yeah, I mean, just, first of all, only half the story on the ice. He looks like a guy that scored a few hundred goals in, in his NHL career. Um, clearly a guy that's been there before. Uh, has seemingly terrorized us for the last decade. Every time he's been in a, a Central Division matchup there. Um, but a, a guy that has hung around for a reason, a guy whose play style fits in pretty much any team, any line, depending on what you ask him to do. Um, but probably more importantly, the impact that he can have on this team off the ice and in the locker room. Getting Pat Maroon comparisons is extremely high praise. Um, we've seen how the Pat Maroon effect has won teams three consecutive Stanley Cups. It's, it's, it's not a coincidence. I mean, it's not the only reason, but having guys like that in your locker room is crucial for team culture. You know, coming off of a tough loss and Maybe guys are pointing fingers at each other. Maybe people aren't holding themselves or each other accountable. Who knows? Losses can um, spiral off the ice and lead into slumps and into next games. And James Neal is the type of guy that isn't going to allow that to happen. But on the flip side, he's the type of guy that's going to get the team hyped up when they're winning or maybe go out there and drop the mitts and, and get a fight going, get the team back in it. it, it not only is he going to bring value on the ice and probably score 10, 15, 20 goals this year as a member of the St. Louis Blues, even when he's not in the lineup, maybe he's not in the lineup every night, he's still going to be teaching these young forwards that, like Jake Neighbors that are getting roster time and um, being a good voice in the locker room after practices and after games. So I love the signing. It's unfortunate that it led to a guy like Clem Costin being sent down, but I think it's going to be a huge steal. James Neal's deal will be a real steal. Well, it also sounds like um, Clem Costin will be back up with the team once Oscar Sundquist is put on long-term injured reserve, just Correct. for purposes right now he's being sent down. But uh, another young guy that will be with the team, like we talked about, is Jake Neighbors. Ryan O'Reilly was quoted on Jake Neighbors today. Uh, this is via Luke Korak, obviously, on Twitter. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly said, you can see just how excited he is to be around and the energy that he has. It's nice for us old guys 
it gives us a little spark as well. So I feel like that same kind of energy, maybe not the same kind of energy, because there's obviously going to be a lot of nerves for a guy like Jake Neighbors, who's 19 years old, I believe. Uh, but that physicality that you talk about with James Neal, that net front presence that he brings, I feel like we've been missing that for a while. We tried to have Zach Sanford be that, step into that role, didn't really work out. He's out the door, James Neal's in the door. Um, but for Jake Neighbors, I feel like he can be that, kind of like that rookie presence, right? And it's always a breath of fresh air when a guy comes in that was born in like the year 2000, just still feels weird to me as well. But I, I think for the old guys, like Ryan O'Reilly saying, uh, it kind of makes them feel young again and uh, brings a little spark to the team. So maybe he can play that same kind of role in the identity uh, that the Blues are trying to build with not only Neil and neighbors, but Kostin, uh, Bushnevich and Saad as well. Yeah, I mean, I think... Just to my initial thoughts on the Jake Neighbors thing, not that I, I haven't had the highest potential of him, you know, since uh, the day we drafted him and saw his family and all them celebrating. I'm like, oh, this kid's going to be special. But I remember all of the comparisons and the talks on draft night and in the weeks following was that Jake Neighbors was more of a project pick. He was a guy that showed a lot of potential, but at the at the time his his floor was very low, but he had a very high ceiling and he needed to fill out, he needed to improve at this, he needed to improve at that. Basically every source I had seen was pointing at Jake Neighbors being a, a two or three years in the in the semi-pro type player before he makes an impact on the blues. And then all of a sudden here he comes in his first, you know, real high speed training camp, if you don't count the the COVID training camp that he went through the year before, he comes into his first real training camp um, as a 19-year-old and is the talk of the town, the the number one name that's being thrown around Blues Twitter. And not only that, earns himself a roster spot on night one, a roster that is pretty competitive, has a ton of forward spots or a ton of forwards competing for just a few spots. And the fact that he is one of the one of the first to earn a spot out of that group says wonders about his development. And I cannot wait to see what he brings to the team this year. Dark horse Calder pick, without a doubt. Absolutely. And if you uh, want to see a lot more of Jake Neighbors this year, you got to check out our friends over at DirecTV Stream because they've got one device that lets you capture everything as opposed to normal devices at home when you've got 17 remotes. Uh, fumble them all around. You're watching sports highlights on your phone. You've got your neighbor's best friend's login for other good stuff. I want to tell you guys about a simple way to get all of that entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together it's called direct tv stream and it brings your live tv and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place that means no more juggling remotes no need to buy another device ever again and the best part is there's no annual contract so get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your tv together with direct tv stream you can learn more at directtv.com that's direct tv Dot com compatible device required content varies by package when we come back we're going to continue the conversation about jake neighbors about clem Costin, and about the outlook for this team uh kind of where we started at the beginning of this offseason where we're at now and what we can expect uh, in the 82 games so don't go anywhere All right, Josh, so when, when we're talking about Jake Neighbors and Clem Costin, right? Obviously, Clem Costin has done a lot in the lower levels. He's been around the way a little bit longer uh, than Jake Neighbors has. People had him higher up in the prospect rankings for a while. Obviously, winning the championship in the K helps that. I don't think he has anything left, left to prove at the lower level, so it makes sense that he's making the team. 
The comments from Craig Berube today makes it sound to me like Jake Neighbors has passed up Clem Costin in terms of absolutely the, the prospect <clears throat> rankings. And so as much as that might be disappointing for people who are fans of Clem Costin, I don't think that's a knock on Clem Costin. I think that's a praise on Jake Neighbors. Um, so if we're under the impression that Clem Costin was ready for NHL play, NHL playoffs play, last season because a lot of people wanted to see him go up against McKinnon and the Avalanche because we thought that physicality would work. Um, having Jake Neighbors rise up in the ranks this fast, especially in the approval of Craig Berube, who, if you guys remember, when Kairou first came up, it didn't seem like <laughs> it didn't seem like Craig Berube was a big fan of his game, uh, but they kind of figured out how to make it work. I think Jordan Kairou uh, became a lot more of a two-way guy and a lot more sound defensively while also lighting up the score sheet offensively. And I think Jake Neighbors uh, is exactly what we thought of him when we interviewed him right after he got drafted. So if you haven't watched that episode, go check it out. I apologize for the audio in advance. Uh, we came a long way in a, in a little bit amount of time. You can still, it's not terrible, but it's it doesn't sound like we do now. But there's Started a lot of from good, the bottom, now we hear. Exactly. There's a lot of good content in there, namely that Jake Neighbors the biggest dude he ever fought in juniors was 6'6". So that tells you exactly what kind of player he is while he's also going out and scoring 20 goals for his team and like 50 assists. So this guy's a playmaker. This guy's a goal scorer. He has a nose for breakaway goals. Uh, but he's also not afraid to get his hands dirty. He's not afraid to throw the body around. He's not afraid to block shots. He is a Swiss army knife. He is perfect for this Blues team. We talked about him being an archetype for like a poor man's Jaden Schwartz. It seems like he's kind of on that trajectory. But I think you can slot him on the first line potentially, and you can slot him on the fourth line. And I think that's why at the end of the day, uh, Mackenzie McEachern and Logan Brown were put on waivers and Jake Neighbors earned himself a roster spot. Another element of it, again, we goes back to the, what we talked about with James, you know, sort of the off-ice stuff. I think one of the biggest takeaways I had from the days following Jake Neighbors, Jake Neighbors being drafted, besides our conversation with him, but just the media coverage and the, the other interviews that he gave is that he is an incredibly stand-up person. There were times when I was talking to him, you know, last year where I'm like, oh my God, this, this kid is younger than me. And it's the way that he carried himself, the way that he talked is, is just wise beyond his years. And I think that is probably a huge reason to why he earned the spot. Incredibly intelligent person, um, therefore probably sees the game at a very, very high level mentally, um, is able to make the right play, but also just knows how to carry himself and knows how to exist as a rookie and navigate a very difficult NHL landscape. And I think that's going to do wonders for him. Having that outlook and having that maturity at such a young age is going to be huge for him. And I think that's, again, a reason why Craig Ruby is able to trust him, because not only is he showing the capability on the ice, but I'm sure that he's shown plenty off the ice. Um, I saw that he's been hanging out with um, Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo and Jake Wallman. Um, so yeah, it seems like he's already found him. Yeah, yeah. They met, uh, what's his face? Jackson YP. Mahomes. NYP. NYP, NYP. Yeah. Weird, weirdest collaboration ever. Not not what I thought I was going to see on my on my Instagram stories that day. YP, Jordan Cairo, Robert Thomas, Jake Neighbors, and Jackson Mahomes. I haven't checked Jackson Mahomes' TikTok, but I'm really worried they made one. He made one. one with him, yeah. Oh man! It wasn't like a TikTok dance, but he just had him in the background. Okay, and they were like, "Oh, it was like, hey. yeah." <laughs> All right, <laughs> I had to get the I cameo. Mean, could have been a little more egregious. Could, could have been a little more egregious. No, but that's yeah. great. That fact that he's already hanging out with with the squad and making some friends. Um, it's that team chem, baby. Team chemistry. So he probably couldn't do that last year. Probably couldn't go to 
a Mizzou game with your teammates two days before the regular season starts because of all the protocols that they had to deal with. We've talked about that so much that team chemistry is going to be huge this year. Um, and Jake Neighbors, uh, James Neal, two guys that I think are going to be great off the ice in the locker room um, for improving that team chemistry. So one one thing besides team chemistry that obviously was huge for that 2019 team was our, our team's depth, right? And so let me let me read you off the practice lines from today, Josh. Uh, so it's Saad O'Reilly Perron on the first line. Kairu Shen Buchnevich on the second line, Neil Thomas and Tarasenko on the third line. Which, dude, if that is not one of the, like the top five third lines in the NHL, I'll eat my hat. And then you've got neighbors. You're not even wearing a hat. Eat my uh, hat. Uh, whatever. I'll ship it. And to then you. it's a it's a phrase. And then neighbors Bozak and Barbashev on the fourth line. So in terms of depth, I think neighbors brings that. Like, cause like we said, you can put him on the fourth line or the first line. He's going to play whatever role you want from him. You can, you can bang those bodies, but he still knows how to score. Don't forget that Craig Berube doesn't really believe in first line, second line, third line, fourth line. Um, it, it, it's more situational, uh, with Berube. Obviously the Ryan O'Reilly line is going to get the most ice time and the fourth line will probably get the least ice time, but it doesn't really reflect in my opinion, like, um, their role within the team that well, because Jake neighbors may be on the, uh, on the fourth line, but I would not be surprised to see him getting some power play time. And I think Bozak is um, slated to get some power play time as well on that fourth line. I mean, I so, think realistically we have a first line, two second lines, and a third. Because Neil Thomas and Tarasenko is just – that's not a third line. I'm sorry. <laughs> They're going to score too many what was goals. The, what was the second line again? Kairu, Shen, and Buchnevich. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Dude, the balance is just disgusting. Why do the Blues have to play like so far in the future? I know. I I don't think I can wait until Saturday. I'm gonna spontaneously combust. So you've got Scandella and Pareko on the first pairing, Krug and Falk on the second, Wallman and Bertuzzo on the third, and then Mikolas the extra, and then Bennington and Huso to round out the lineup. A whole lot of depth. I think defense we're still a little questionable, but I think we have the names on defense. I just think it's a matter of those guys stepping up. But man, is that forward core going to be fun this year? I really hope we f- we're, we find ourselves um, scoring like four and a half goals a night, like some of the powerhouses we saw last year. Because I, I'm 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 done with these two one slugfests. I want to see some goals. I want to see some back and forth action. And I think this is a team that could pull that off. I am also intrigued that Scandella is on the first pairing, and not because like, and it's not even that like I don't think he's capable of having a bounce back season because I do, but. I would assume that if Tory Krug has a bounce back season and like back up to that sixty percent Corsi and slinging pucks around, that he would be as lock for a first pairing. Yeah, I'm sure it's subject to change though. Long season ahead of us, right? Yeah, but I'm just, we'll see what happens. Maybe they just want to get a good look at him and kind of right analyze see what's going on. See, but... get, right, get what see what they have with him. Maybe trade him. Who knows? That's I'm not. Thing, I'm though. serious. Like, that's another question we should probably bring up and maybe get into another episode down the road is like Zach Sanford is gone. So in the event that stuff starts to hit the fan, who's the scapegoat? Whose fault is it? Frank Saravelli said in an article today that he doesn't, he did a whole bunch of hot takes and one of them was Craig Berube won't finish the season as a coach. So maybe I could see, I could see I could Craig see Berube being the scapegoat. If people are like, he's not doing it's it's not working and it's his fault, you know? Yeah. Agreed. Like he also won us a Stanley cup. So we'll have to see. So just a few short days. Yeah, just a few short days. Uh, you got to keep all the energy in your body to get you wild up for Saturday. So if you need a little bit more energy, 
check out our friends over at Built Bar because did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something for everybody, whether you like coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, or standard stuff like double chocolate, salted caramel. Maybe you like a little more fruity stuff like strawberry, orange, or cookies and cream and German chocolate. No matter what, if you haven't tried all of the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. And not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. There's only 17 to 18, or there are 17 to 18 grams of protein in each bar. And there's only 130 to 180 calories, only four to five grams of sugar, only four to five grams of net carbs. And they're all amazing flavors, all tasting. Like I said, they're all healthy. So go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. When we come back, we're going to give our preemptive picks for Stanley Cup champion of this season as well as the Hart Trophy. So don't go anywhere. Let's just let's just attack the elephant in the room right now. Okay. Is, is this a season where we're going to spend 82 games and at the end of it just celebrate another championship won by a Tampa Bay team? I don't think you can do it. I don't think you can do it three years in a row. That's playing a full extra regular season of hockey at that point. But having those games all be playoff games. I don't think it's attainable. But then again... The Tampa Bay Lightning. They they should have already three-peated, realistically. They won 60, what, 63, 64 games the year the year before they won their first championship and just probably f- fell into their own hype too much and lost in the first round. There's a very realistic scenario where they have already three-peated. So maybe, but I, I also think that there are a lot of teams that have gotten a lot better this offseason besides just the St. Louis Blues. I think the Colorado Avalanche are going to be even more terrifying um, I think there's a lot of teams out east that are going to give the Tampa Bay Lightning a lot of trouble. And in order to win a Stanley Cup, the chips have to fall in your direction. No matter how good you are, no matter how well you play in the playoffs, you're still going to get a little lucky. And I'm thinking slash hoping that Tampa Bay's luck has run out, but we'll see. <laughs> so, okay, so it's not Tampa Bay. So if you're going to pick a team right now, day one, not even day one, day zero, day minus one of – the regular season in the NHL, what team would you pick to come the out Seattle Kraken. champions? <laughs> they, hey, the Pacific's no. bad enough, though. They might make the playoffs. I Crazy. think that is wild. I think the Las Vegas Golden Knights are going to turn into a jealous older brother. They are no longer the only child of the NHL. They don't have the attention anymore as the new team. But also, they don't have the they don't have the pressure of being a new team. I think the Vegas Golden Knights, if it's not the St. Louis Blues, I think they put it together this year and win themselves the first Stanley Cup in Fran- in their short franchise history. Dang, that's that was my that was my pick as well. And I well, like and you shouldn't have you oh, okay. shouldn't have here's, asked me to go first. I know, but here's the thing: the only thing that holds me back a little bit for Vegas is uh, I I don't know if they have a solidified center or like not a solidified center, but like a a number one center, like the biggest problem for the Blues for so long was that we didn't mm. have Brian O'Reilly, right? And I don't think they have. Okay. I, like, I, like Mark Stone isn't a center, but he's still kind of like that franchise player that they might need. So I could see him like carrying the weight and doing like a con Smythe all the way to their like championship. But I could also see like 
them failing at the end too. So mm-hmm. um, I think their goalie's good enough. Leonard's a stud. It just kind of depends on what season he has. Um, but I like their chances. That was going to be my pick. So I'm going to, I'm going to reroute here and go with my, I'm going to double down here on my picks actually. So my heart trophy pick was going to be a guy uh, that was extremely frustrated in the playoffs last year after getting knocked out uh, and visibly and audibly so. And so I think he's going to come out with his weird diet and force it on all of his teammates. And that's going to bring them to the mountaintop. Finally, uh, after having such a stacked roster for so long, Colorado Avalanche are going to win the Stanley Cup. As much as that pains me to say, they're a stacked team. They're nasty. Uh, and they've got a lot of guys, a lot of young guys waiting in the wings too. So any of them could come in at any time and light it up as well. And I think the Hart Trophy is going to have to go to Nathan McKinnon uh, on his revenge tour. Hart Trophy. That's a good, I mean, it's so hard to not say Connor McDavid. Right. Um, it's more fun to not say Connor McDavid. But I think if we both say not Connor McDavid, and it is Connor McDavid, we'd be like, I mean, come on, you know? Okay. I'm gonna give a real hard pick, and then I'm gonna, and then I'm gonna, and then I'm gonna give a, a hot take that a dark horse, I, I, yeah. Uh huh. So my real heart trophy pick is Connor McDavid because he is Connor McDavid. My dark horse pick, and this has a couple of dominoes that need to fall. First domino that needs to fall: Jack Eichel gets traded. Second domino: Jack Eichel has wingers. Third domino: Jack Eichel wins the heart. Where would he, where would he win the heart at, though? That's the question. Probably the award ceremony. <laughs> <laughs> but like like what team like oh man that'd be because like a team with wingers who, do you don't even, hear domino no, number I know, two but i'm saying like oh, i don't even know who his suitors are anymore because everyone was just like okay don't talk to me um, i don't even know is he gonna play this like if he gets the surgery is he even gonna play look stop using logic <laughs> to shut this down i'm sorry i'm just i'm just trying to help you build your foundation here okay okay no uh, that is mostly a joke unless i know panarin's unless, panarin's unless jack eichel is winning the heart right now and this clip is going around twitter then i told you so but that's yeah. probably mostly no. a joke i know conor mcdavis is gonna win the heart it, it's gonna happen his team's gonna have to make the playoffs he what? was on a pace to put up 160 points last it, year what if he doesn't even play all the games who conor mcdavis yeah well, okay. What if Nathan McKinnon doesn't play all the games? Then what he if won't win? What if the Colorado <laughs> Avalanche get eaten by I'm just sharks? Just saying, everyone gets like a. What if they're in an actual avalanche? McDavid. Exactly. Yeah, okay, we could we could we could throw those out. We, we could throw those what ifs out all day. If you had to pick a dark horse that wasn't Eichel, okay, a real Matthew? dark horse. Ooh, because well, I, I mean like, that would have been a good one, but then you oh I got it, Alexander Barkov. That is a good one. I feel like he is, is a really good one. Actually, waiting to break through the surface. The, the Panthers have been a little rocky. He is their franchise center. He is one of the most talented players in the league and has yet to get the respect he deserves. That is prime heart candidate right there. The NHL eats that up. They don't give it to the best player necessarily. They give it to the best player who does hasn't gotten the heart yet a lot of the time. So That is true. Yeah. And it also it depends in. a lot, I think, on how your team does. And last season, like Florida was really good, and a lot of people were like, wow, Florida's – really good like what what the heck where did this come from and i think this season a lot of people 
aren't going to be like, well, Florida's a really good team, so they could potentially like go far in the playoff. Like everyone's going to be like, oh, that was a flash in the pan. Like right. Florida's never really good. Like, but Bro- you can't trust Bobrovsky and like Spencer Knight's still a quite. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, as as much as that team kind of is a question mark, and I agree with both sides. Like they could really either be a flash in a pan or they could be a really good team. I think Barkov's heart candidacy. candidacy kind of goes along with that if, if they are a wagon and they do go far in the playoffs and they do run up the points this season a lot of people are going to be like why is that happening and you're going to be looking directly at, at alexander barkov i like that yeah i i'm confident in that pick now that's my real pick disregard everything i said earlier it's got a lot of it's got a lot of meat and potatoes to it great supporting yeah. points well done, yeah I, I like thank you thank you i had, I had a, a conflict a, a resolution a wrap-up that was a great great conversation speaking of wrap-ups i think that's all the time we have for today so thank you guys so much for tuning into the locked on blues podcast make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever platform you're currently listening to if you're listening on youtube smash that subscribe button uh and you can listen to us live every time we record on youtube uh but like i said i think that's all the time we have for today so thank you guys so much for listening follow us on twitter instagram facebook and tiktok at locked on blues you can follow me on twitter and youtube (laughs) <laughs> at 12 you can follow me on twitter at 12 15 you can follow josh on twitter at josh hyman nhl but like i said thank you guys so much for listening and as always let's go blues